0: Welcome into Wednesday, Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. Yes, right here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Got a lot of stuff to talk about today. The Sooners getting ready. For their matchup with UCF coming up Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on ABC. Oklahoma nearly a three-touchdown favorite in this game. Parker Thune, how are you feeling about the second half of the schedule? Sooners perfect through six games. Brent Vittables has said, you know, the second half is more challenging. Super confident, pretty confident. Where are you uh, with your confidence level for the Sooners winning All of these games, all six, and going into the Big 12 championship game undefeated.
1: Well, what have we continually said throughout the season about whoever the next opponent may be for this Oklahoma football team, Steely? We've continually said, okay, we're going to find out a lot about this team based on the outcome of this next game. Whether that was SMU, whether that was Cincinnati on the road, first real road test of the year, Iowa State, obviously Texas. I think looking ahead here and looking at the cast of characters on the slate for Oklahoma the remainder of the 2023 season I don't know if this is going to I don't know if this is going to tell us as much about this team here in 2023 as much as on a broader scale it's going to tell us how much of a difference there is between Brent Venables' program not just not Brent Venable's team, but Brent Venable's program and the Mule Shoe programs that we became accustomed to. Because to be honest, Steely, Oklahoma's been in this type of situation before. Many times. And this, this predates Mule Shoe. This goes back to the Stoops days. I mean, We've talked about the fact that Oklahoma hasn't gone undefeated in the regular season since 2004. And to me, as I look ahead and I look at the opponent's that Oklahoma is going to have to face and defeat in order to finish the regular season with an unblemished record. If the Sooners do that, if they are sitting at 12-0, heading into Arlington and a potential rematch with Texas, that to me underscores the major cultural shift that we have seen since Brent Venables took power at Oklahoma. Because mm-hmm. it's it's about not beating yourself. I like that these, answer. These football teams that Oklahoma's gonna play the rest of the way, Steely, on paper, Oklahoma should beat them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're a huge favorite in all of these remaining games. Uh, and but there are gonna be some challenges. They're gonna face some situations yeah. where they fall behind or play doesn't go their way or You know, something happens, you're going to have to make some plays in some of these football games to finish out the year undefeated. But I like your answer because I think you're talking about what the program looks like moving forward as to what the program used to look like, you know, when they were considered soft and everything. I want to play this clip and then we'll react to it. This was Bob Stoops, who's so good, Tuesdays on the rush with Teddy and Tyler. Uh, you know, and Teddy was talking about, well, you just beat a really good Texas team, and then you had a week off. Everybody's telling you how great you are. Bob Stoops, though, pretty much answered, saying he's not a believer of being super tough, keeping a team focused after a big Texas win.
2: Well, it's pretty easy at Oklahoma. I don't, I don't know that I ever lost a game before or after OU Texas, maybe one um, in my 18 years, because uh, the bottom line, as you know, when you're playing for us or you're coaching for OU, everybody, you know, the fans love to say, oh, just beat Texas and everything's okay. No, it isn't. You know that's not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're you're required to beat everybody. And the only way to beat everybody is to be ready to play every week. And that game has its place. And so when it's over, it was set aside and we were on to the next game. The standards at OU are Big 8, Big 12 championships, compete for national championships. Those are and you're not doing that by just winning beating Texas. So it it really is – I never found it very difficult at all. And I think it's just something the media loves to talk about.
0: There you go. Wow. There you go. Bob, let me a little Come shade on, Bob. at us. Come on, Bob. Don't blame the media. You are the Bob media. Bob is now. the media. That's right. Bob. He's a superstar is what he is. He's he's an absolute superstar. But he's, he's actually right. But um, – You know, I think what he's saying there is, you know, okay, it's great to be Texas, but man, guess what? They expect you to win everything else. And we've talked about this, that we think this staff is better equipped to handle situations like this. One of the interesting things that Brent said after the Texas game, you know, when he's coming out, you know, the next day and he meets with the media, you know, we probably, a lot of these guys probably thought we lost the game when we looked back at film. He's trying to say, look, we're improved guys, we're playing better, we're making plays, we're a better football team, but we're still a flawed football team. And, you know, you look at, like, the defense is clearly better, right? But Oklahoma's defensive numbers, they're 28th in rush defense, they are 52 in total defense, yet they're number seven in scoring defense. What does that tell you? That tells you they buckle down. That's when it right. Matters. Make plays when the other team's in the red zone. You know, and even some of their offensive numbers are a little bit skewed because you know you put seventy three on Arkansas State. Look, no doubt, no doubt, this is a much better football team than a year ago. It might just be a special OU football team like two thousand. Yeah. Because of the big plays that they make when the game's on the line, when they've had to make plays. What happened when SMU got close? Boom. It was over with, right? You know, they just made a lot of big plays. I mean, all you have to do is look at the two drives in the Cotton Bowl. Well, the failed drive for Texas, the goal line stand, and what Dylan Gabriel did leading that team back. So, But, again, you're not some juggernauts. You've still got to go out, be focused, and play the game.
1: Yeah, well, and, again – I think the only, the only way the Sooners lose one of these six games down the stretch is if they beat themselves. And I guess my point in all of this is that we've seen these Sooner teams beat themselves before. And I think generally it's because they get caught up looking ahead, looking further down the road to the next opponent or to the conference championship game, or they get caught up in everything that the media is saying, hyping up Oklahoma football. I loved the fact that on the field after the Texas game, Peyton Bowen was walking around saying, Job's not finished. Job's not finished, boys. That's one win. That's a true freshman, Steely. It's not like that's a fifth, sixth-year senior guy that's been through the fire. A guy that knows inherently from experience, okay, we can't take the foot off the gas pedal. That right there speaks to culture.
0: The fact that you have a true freshman saying those things. Well, I like this, too, Uh, Ethan Downs. Let's play this Ethan Downs uh, soundbite. Because you think Brent and, like, Miguel Chavis aren't in his head and they're not drilling home this, you know, this uh, message that, all right, man, great, man, it's great to beat Texas, guys. Great job. But guess what? We still have other goals out there. And to do that, we got to keep you focused week after week. Brent talks about it all the time. So this was Ethan Downs the other day when he met the media. And uh, they ask him about, yeah, I've been kind of favored against UCF, favored the rest of the way. Here's what Ethan Downs said about facing USF, or UCF uh, Saturday.
2: I bet their goals are still in front of them. You know, with the losses that they've had, uh, they still have their goals ahead of them. And it's a challenge for everything. The running backs are very, very quick. They can squeeze through the gaps. Talented quarterbacks. They're one of the top offenses in the nation. They can threaten us on all ends of the field. So we've got to be very sharp. Uh, we got to be very disciplined, gap sound, and that's how we're going to win.
0: There you go. Well, so
1: again, that's, that's the mark. Of, that's the mark of a strong culture within a locker room too. Is when you're taking every opponent seriously.
0: Yeah, and look, and you can s- just, you can say all that, Parker. Right? You can yeah, say oh, yeah, that. Yeah. You can robotic, give a cursory praise. Yeah, and you could give a robotic answer that you've heard. It's you still have to go out and execute, obviously, to win. But a lot of times, you know, in the, the the, the games that you were referring back to, it felt like there was a lack of focus and a kind of yeah. a we-got-this attitude, right? Exactly. And, and I, I just don't think this staff is going to let them do that. Now, again, got to go out and make plays, but in terms of having you know a football team focused on the next game and the next goal, I think they're going to be pretty good at that.
1: Yeah, And I, I want to go back to – something you brought up a couple minutes ago earlier in the conversation, the fact that when push has come to shove, Oklahoma has consistently made plays all year. And that's, that's what I would quantify as inspired football. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, that is underscored most conspicuously in that final drive to beat Texas. That's inspired football. And look, inspired football will only take you so far in general, right? I think of TCU last year as a team that was playing inspired football for the vast majority of a season and inspired football carried them all the way to the national championship game they weren't blowing teams out along the way but when plays needed to be made they had guys that rose the rose the occasion and made those plays now where they ran into a buzzsaw was okay you get matched up with Georgia and inspired or not that team's just way more talented than you so could it all come unglued for Oklahoma the second they face a team that has a significant leg up in talent, the likes of a Georgia or I would say maybe a Michigan right now? Sure, but you go back to 2000, Yeah, that that, that probably wasn't the most talented football Florida team What the Florida
0: State was like, what, an 11.5, 13-point favorite, something yeah, like that? And- they,
1: they were able to walk away with a national championship victory on the shoulders of inspired football. And so for Oklahoma, I think this staff and this locker room is approaching it exactly the way they need to. This is a week-by-week, week, one game at a time, march to the top.
0: Yeah, and what I like most is what we just talked about again. When they've had to make plays, they've made them. That's a mark of a, uh, you know, a team that's together. And that's the mark of a stronger culture and being the second year in a system. All of that stuff, right? Great,
1: great text from a listener in the 918.
0: Play poorly, next man won't. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. uh, Last year, Home Comfort Systems, thank you for sponsoring our opening hour. As always, you can count on them, 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. You need those taken care of. Get those addressed. Winner's right around the corner. Make sure you get your furnace tuned up. Call them, 405-579-3113. Last year, home comfort systems, home comfort you can trust. Coming back, we'll hear from Gus Malzahn and John Rice Blumley. Talking about the matchup with the Sooners this weekend. That's next here on The Ref. couple of working men right here. The Rush, by the way. Not Rush, but the Rush coming up at 3 o'clock today. And uh, locked in, of course, at 2 o'clock. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday edition. Pregame show begins at 7 a.m. We'll be at Boyd Street Ventures and at Balfour of Norman this weekend for Oklahoma Central Florida. Sooners are a 19-point favorite against the Knights in this matchup. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, they have nearly 3,000 electronic games. They're adding more all the time. They've added some new gaming areas. We have a Skyloft gaming area now. We have an Oasis gaming area now that's smoke-free after the renovation. They have your favorite table games as well. Great poker room, great promotions, concerts galore. We've got entertainment events out the wazoo, including this Sunday night, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic Final Beats and Bite Show of 2023. Outdoors, all those great food trucks, great music. You've got arts and crafts out there, games for the kids. Tickets are only 10 bucks. If you don't have a ticket, go get one. They're only 10 bucks. Kids under 10 get in free. Gin Blossoms and Tonic this weekend. We have shows coming up in October also at the Showplace Theater. A couple shows for Rodney Carrington October 27th. In November, Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry. We have Justin Moore in November. They just announced a show for Pete Davidson. Yeah, that Pete Davidson from SNL fame, October or uh, pardon me, December third. That's an eight o'clock show, uh, December third. Pete Davidson. Those tickets go on sale. The comedy show for Pete Davidson go on sale Friday. We've got Lee Bryce, Ron White, Midland coming in December and January. Boys to Men and comedian Joe Coy, and in February, Scotty McCreary. So it's a great time to go see shows with the Showplace Theater back. And, again, the uh, Pete Davidson tickets go on sale Friday morning, Riverwind.com, or at the Casino Box Office. All right, Gus Mal- Malzon. How, uh, how would you describe Gus Malzon? Is he a little bit of a hillbilly mad scientist, uh, creative play caller, uh, has had an interesting journey from the high school ranks to the college ranks. Um, I like to think of him as something in between
1: Eli Drinkwitz and Jimbo Fisher. That's a pretty good, if you morph those two together.
0: Jimbo, geez. I can't figure out if I like Drinkwitz or not, do you? I'm not a huge fan of
1: Drinkwitz. I don't mind Malzahn. Like, my... I wasn't trying to make Malzahn sound unappealing by saying he was somewhere between Mm Drinkwits and Jimbo, because I don't like either of those guys. But I have no issue with Malzahn.
0: Well, he's a very creative play caller. Good offensive mind, no doubt about it. Uh, They're they're nearly a three-touchdown underdog in this game against the Sooners coming up this weekend. Uh, He was asked an interesting question at his press conference the other day.
3: Coaching your experience going into a game like this where probably a lot of people outside the building are not giving you a chance, is it a bit harder to coach the guys to kind of get them up and going or a little bit easier because you really don't have much to lose? You know, I think from the standpoint of what we went through and having an off week and uh, be able to kind of push pause like we talked about earlier, and then you turn on the film, I mean, you know, you got respect for them in all three phases. This is one of the best football teams in college football, okay? I think everybody knows that. And it's a big challenge for us, but it's a challenge. I know our players and our coaches are looking for Me personally, I'm very excited. I mean, I'm excited for our team and excited for the opportunity. Did he just yeah. give
1: us a stoopsism?
0: Did he? Did I miss it? Everybody knows that. Oh, he did, didn't he? That is, that is a stoopsism. That flew right past me, right over my head, man. I'm losing it. Uh, John Rice Plumley is going to be back this weekend for UCF. He's missed a few games. Remember the uh, Baylor game? They gave up. You know they were up thirty-five-seven, I believe it was. They they had a twenty-eight-point lead in that game. Baylor scored twenty-six points in the fourth quarter, uh, outscored UCF twenty-nine to seven in the second half. Remember, John Rice Plumley did not play in that game. It was Timmy McClain, Timmy, at quarterback uh, for UCF in that matchup. So. But he is coming back. John Rice Plumley this week. Uh, their stud defensive tackle Ricky Barber is coming back this week as well. Uh, John Rice Plumley started at Ole Miss, so there's some familiarity there. With a uh, little bit with Dylan Gabriel watching uh, Dylan's uh, you know uh, career with Jeff Levy at Oklahoma. So yes, John R- Rice Plumley is uh, familiar again with Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy. Here's what he had to say.
2: A little bit kind of connected in the web of through college football, right, when uh, I was at Ole Miss my freshman year under Rich Rod and Matt Luke, and then uh, they were released in Lane Kiffin and uh, Lebby that was the OC here. Um, came, and so when Levy was installing his offense, we watched a lot of his film from UCF, which of course was Dylan Gabriel, right, and so got to watch a lot of his film then, and um, obviously unbelievable quarterback, unbelievable arm, um, a great, great talent, right, and then watching the film from Oklahoma as well, he's unbelievably talented, Um, and now Levy's back with him at Oklahoma, and so I'm excited to see uh, Coach Lebb and and Holacek and those guys that I know over there and uh, ultimately play against them.
0: There you go. All right, impressive kid, man. His his presser was very. Uh, he was super articulate, well spoken kid. Maybe a coach someday. Sounds really good. All right, you want to get to the uh, Meyer Chevrolet text line four zero five six five one and thirty four thirty nine.
1: Stillwater Center says Drinkwitz looks like sloth from
0: the Goonies. Maybe a better groomed sloth to an extent. Yeah, Roggy Roe.
1: <laughs> Sorry just happened. KW918 says, to me, for OU, it's not so much about beating yourself. It's playing to your full potential and being able to see just how well coached and prepared they are when they play. BV, these coaches and players make it easy to cheer for them because they believe in this culture.
0: Yeah, I I think you nailed it right there. So far, it looks that way. And, again, it doesn't mean, you know, if you lose a game somehow, one of these games, let's say they go to – uh, Provo and stumble, and you know a couple plays don't go their way, and they lose that in a really tight game, which I don't think they will. But that doesn't mean well the culture didn't uh, take hold. You know, it just means it's really hard to win every single game, even when you have a relatively somewhat soft schedule by Oklahoma standards this season. When we talked about that before the year, that this is a this is a uh, a schedule where you needed to go out and win double digit games, right? And it looks like they're going to get that done. V Dog says 100%
1: agree with Parker about running the table speaking volumes about culture.
0: Yeah. And again, even if it is a schedule that, you know, you look at his schedule the rest of the way, and I, what did I say? ESPN's FPI, I think, had. I think they had TCU like maybe the uh, the most difficult left. But, basically, they were giving Oklahoma pretty much a 90% or better chance of winning every game left. Now, individual games, when you do that collectively, that percentage goes down somewhat, obviously. But, um, yeah, I, I think, again, that, to me, there are clear signs out there that it's starting to take hold. You can hear it in the player interviews. You kind of heard it a little bit last year. But I think these guys have uh, bought in. And, you know, winning cures any questions or any doubt you might have about, yeah, we've heard this, you know, you've already got two losses. Once you're winning and seeing the, the results and the fruit, fruits of your labor makes it a lot easier for that culture to, uh, to take hold. Sooner Boone says, Steelman and Parker,
1: help me remember, wasn't Mackenzie Milton talking some nonsense about OU and UCF a couple of years ago? He said something. I can't remember what he said. We have said. to go
0: ahead and Google it up.
1: I forget. He did make some comment about I can't remember while if it was while he was still at UCF or while he was at Florida State. I do remember Mackenzie Milton and OU were a thing in the media at some point.
0: Yeah, somebody will remind us. We've got so many brilliant minds out there on the text line. You know, here's the deal. You really can't talk that much smack if your institution – uh, that you were at has claimed the national championship. That really is a bogus national championship. You can't do it uh, for A&M back in the late 30s. You can't do it in Stillwater in 1945. You can't do it for UCF. You were not the national champion. You can't petition to get a national championship. It doesn't work that way.
1: You know what's hilarious is when whatever committee that was said, you can petition for a national championship if you feel like one of your past teams
0: deserved to win. The only team that petitioned for was Oklahoma State. I mean, come on, Dad. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm real – I promise you I'm not an OSU hater. I root for Oklahoma State a lot. I really do. But that 1945 national championship banner is just an embarrassment. Sorry, I'm sure Dinamore, all those guys back in the day, great team. But you weren't better than Army? Nobody was. You know what? I'm going to write a petition. What kind of, I want to write a petition and see if I can get an award that I never got. What could I do? Like an OAB award or something and see if I can get that and then hang it? UCF? Nope. A&M, no. How many, like, some of the media guides are crazy, like you look at Alabama. Alabama and SC were some of the worst, if I remember right, where (laughs) who won the Reader's Digest national title in (laughs) 1943, you know, or whatever. It's like, dude, you can't count that. It's A-P-U-P-I. That's it. Period. End of story.
1: Patrick says, even though we're 6-0, I'm still waiting to see how we do the next couple of weeks since we lost our number one wide receiver who was huge for us.
0: Yeah, that's a big loss, it Andrew is. Anthony, but the depth in that wide receiver room has been pretty darn impressive, man. Really impressive. So, you know, that's that's what's crazy about it because there there hasn't been a lot of alarm or uh, people don't seem like, Andrew Anthony, I know he's been great, man, but you know what? We're good. We'll be good. We, you hope to get him back and have him healthy again and he can play again for OU. Uh, but again, I think people are so impressed with the uh, – the playmakers in that receiver room that they don't think it's gonna be a huge deal. Ronnie Crimson says Drinkwitz looks like the two pay guy from Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs>
1: Dan in Madison, Mississippi says Gus Malzon is a non slimy Hugh Freeze.
0: <laughs> All right, we got a break on that note. A non slimy Hugh Freeze. 405 651 3439. Ken Impelmeyer, Chevrolet Text Line. Claiming national championships, ladies and gentlemen. You can't do it. You have to win them on the field in a sanctioned way. I'm going to just put up Mike Steele, Academy Award winner. You can't stoop to their level. Don't Bogus. stoop to
1: their level. Don't stoop to their level, Steely.
0: All right. Take a break. Coming right back here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, with you here on this Wednesday edition. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a huge weekend. Anytime the Sooners play football in Norman, but it's also homecoming weekend. And we have Emma Williams, the OU homecoming chair, sitting in a chair right next to me right now. And uh, a little bit different this year because, you, you know, particularly OU plays so many what we call rooster kickoffs that... A lot of things happening on Friday for Homecoming, correct?
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have our our annual parade happening and our Raw Rally competition happening as well. Normally, our parade happens on Saturday, three hours before kickoff. It's a little bit different this year, happening on Friday evening, so we're excited for that.
0: There you go, and the weather should be really good. Uh, you talked about the Glow Parade, and uh, then you also have the Raw Rally. So just, I mean, they sound pretty much self-explanatory, but those two events are where does the parade originate from, How? where do people need to be, and tell us about the Raw Rally as well. And these are Friday night events.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So our Glow Parade is our inaugural glow, glow Parade happening. We're taking a little bit of a spin on our traditional parade this year, and we're going glow. So students are encouraged to incorporate all things light and electrifying um, their floats this year. So we're like, really excited for that. Um our raw rally competitions, a traditional pep rally, so students are encouraged to choreograph their performance. Um, For the parade, people can come for that. It'll be at 8pm, so you can come up and um, the the Sorry, the route will be on Elm going down Boyd, and then the flows will be parked on North Oval.
0: Okay, so we do have Saturday activities as well. We've just kind of split them up right, and you've got uh, the Boyd House block party. That's 8 to 10, Boyd House front lawn. Royalty announcements.
4: Yes, sir. Does this
0: man over here on the other screen look like an old past homecoming king to you?
4: I don't know. Are you?
0: (laughs) I wish. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool. He was, I wasn't quite that popular. He's the, he's the king of Midwest recruiting. That's what he's the king of. But, um, you know, to me, homecoming is always about, you know, obviously alums coming back. But it looks like the weather's going to be really good. Actually, you know, 11 a.m. might even work out better here because it looks like we'll have fall temperatures and everything.
4: Yes, we're very excited for the good weather and to announce our homecoming royalty court during halftime at the game.
0: Okay, so again, Friday nights. Friday night is the Glow Parade, 8 to 8.30. That is happening Friday night. And then the Raw Rally outside Jacobson Hall from 9 to 11. Uh, the Boyd House block party begins at 8 to eight a.m. and runs to 10 a.m. Boyd House front lawn. And then the royal, royalty announcement, obviously, is at halftime of the football game. What do you think of the Sooners so far? What are you thinking? I'm
4: I'm very impressed. I love all of Brent Venables' amazing amazing job coaching, and I'm I'm very excited for this year.
0: Were you in Dallas? I was. And how how high was your vertical leap after the touchdown from DG to Nick Anderson?
4: I had so much fun. I don't think I had a voice the next day. <laughs>
0: well, you're not supposed to, right? When you go to to Dallas. So so what do you think? We're talking about it. Can this OU team win out?
4: I yes. I believe so. There it is. I'm a a proud supporter.
0: There you go. All right, Emma, anything else we need to know about homecoming weekend?
4: I'm just super excited to invite more of the Norman community this year. I believe that um, our new spin on our traditional parade kind of allows for community to be more a part of it. So show up, show out, bring all your glow gear. Kids and families are more than welcome to participate, and we're really excited for that.
0: There you go. All right, Emma. Thank you so much thank you so for coming much having in, me. homecoming chair Emma Williams. And again, Friday night the festivities begin with a glow parade at eight uh, o'clock, and then they have the raw rally later that night. Saturday, uh, eight to ten a.m. at the Boyd House, the front lawn of the Boyd House. That's when the Boyd House Block Party begins, and of course we'll have the uh, homecoming royalty at halftime. Thanks again, and Boomer.
4: Thank you, Boomer Sooner.
0: All right, uh, Emma Williams, the OU homecoming chair. I uh, I helped with the uh, Lambda Kai homecoming float back in the day. You don't say. Yes, I spent five minutes. They said, "Celia, you're not going to wear." I'd like. I got a pregame show to do, so you know I was doing that. So you were the, you were the guy that college. writes
1: your name at the top of the group project. Pretty
0: much, yes. Yeah, signed off on it. I, I I don't think we placed that year, but you know I I glued a couple you know paper flowers onto it. So. I probably was responsible for about 1% of the flow. Hey, you know Get what? Everybody, but, hey, everybody's role matters. That's right. Caleb Schaefer said it Tuesday night. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of uh, Caleb Schaefer, what, what do we think is happening with the guard spots now? Okay, so based on the way that Schaefer was talking after practice,
1: it sure sounds like he's going to be your starting right guard. Again, I would be very, very surprised if it wasn't Caden Green at left guard just based off how well he played against Texas so I I don't know this for a fact I don't even know if the coaching staff knows it for a fact but my guess on your starting guards come Saturday Caden Green on the left side Caleb Schaefer on the right side
0: there you go there you go man Caden Green looks pretty good pretty pretty good you know, the Sooners have done uh, pretty well there, right, up in Kansas City. Yeah. Got to well. keep that pipeline going, right? Uh, and maybe Missouri needs to start losing. <laughs> I mean, I, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? You can't go to Kentucky and win like that. What happened?
1: I'm <sighs> trying to think, is Caden Green going to become the first freshman amongst this group to make a start at Owen Field. Because I know Peyton Bowen started the Tulsa game. I think that's the only game he's started to this point. So Caden Green, if he does start Saturday, would become the first OU freshman to make a start at home this season.
0: All right, uh, Michael Boganowski, all systems go for uh, tomorrow. Do all have, systems are go. Do we have a time for tomorrow? 4.30. 4.30. Sooner fans will be celebrating. So, And then uh, still waiting on a date. For EPL, do you think there will be a date for Eddie Pierre, Pierre Louis or will he just come it, out and say You know, I don't will, know Will we just get the edit and he's committed? That's what it
1: feels like to me just reading into that situation and having some conversations with folks close to it the last couple days. So I I would I would bet that it's not announced in advance. We did get a date today from Marcus James. And November second, yeah, a four-star linebacker from up at Carl Albert High, going to be locking in,
0: mm. and all signs point to OU there. How is the twenty 2020, twenty twenty 2020, twenty twenty-five class doing? Had twenty twenty-five looks, you know, for a while it was like third. It's any—I haven't looked at twenty twenty-five. Is OU still like top five? As far as I
1: know, gotta so be right. So your commits to this point are Jaden Nickens, Elijah Thomas, Grayson Harris, Kevin Sperry, and Kamari Moore. Especially if you add Marcus James mm-hmm. on November 2nd, yeah, you're in real good shape early on for a top five class in the 2025 cycle.
0: Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get a couple in before we break. Thanks to Emma Lewis for coming in and uh, telling us about uh, some of the changes and what's happening with homecoming this weekend. Stillwater Sooner says, Steely is the mule shoe of float building. (laughs) Wow. I like that. Did you hear the audio of the dude who uh, made mule shoe? I don't think he intended to make him sound like Hank Hill, but let's play it real quick. Oh, man, did you? Mule shoe, Hank Hill. Okay, so you guys probably are familiar with King of the Hill and Hank Hill. So we saw what Tattoo Baker did, you know, with the Mickey Mouse deal, but... I can't remember. I want to credit the dude. Uh, it's on my Twitter page. I'll do it after. But basically, he changed the pitch and the tone on Shoes' voice in the USC post game, and it he he sounds completely like Hank Hill. Here it is.
2: Uh, yeah, incredibly disappointing night. Um, just didn't uh, didn't play good enough to to win the game here on the road, in a rivalry game against a good opponent. There's no there's no magic pill for this, right? Do you go? You go to work. You address the areas that uh, that are not showing up on Saturdays. You you need, you know you look at you know you look at any personnel changes that you about to make. What are you doing schematically? What are you teaching fundamentally? Because again, the, the little things one of them changes, two of them changes. All of a sudden, the whole thing can flip. Uh, throughout my career as a head coach, we've had one time. That where we took a loss somewhere in, in the year that we didn't end up in the conference championship game one top. and we did it. And in that one game, we were one play away for being in the conference championship there too. So it's in this group is more than capable. Now we got to go do. We got to go make the corrections. We got to go fix the things that we got to fix. We got to coach and play better. But is it is it in our power? Is it something we're capable of? I, I believe it to my core. And we're going to go fight our ass off to get it, though. There you oh, go. All
0: right. Is that I, Hank Hill right there or what? So This this is just something
1: you can do now. You can manipulate voices to make them sound like I, this anybody was the video. It was Dylan
0: Young. Credit to Dylan Young, by the way. Tre- uh, credit to Dylan Young. I just retweeted it when I saw that. I'm like, what's this? I was like, man, that's good. This station is uh, obsessed with Lincoln Riley getting old. You know what's getting old? You, hillbilly. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Jeez wow, Ste- Steely's not about it today. Well, I'm just I we've tried to eliminate the hillbillies, and we probably got 95 percent of them done gone. but you know, there's always somebody who's always out there. It's Jay- I need yeah. somebody to make Mule Shoe sound like Roseanne Barr. They, well, I don't know. Somebody, maybe just put AI make Mule Shoe, Lincoln Riley into Roseanne Barr, you know, and it'll work somehow. All right. And but- then we need him as Jimbo Mule Shoe as Jimbo. Jimbo basically is Jethro Bodine of uh, college coaching, the Jethro Bodine. All right, we're going to take a break. Right here, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Good to have you with us here on a Wednesday. We'll break right here. And when we get back, more of your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet texts are on the way right here on the ref. All right, we are back. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. All right, uh, let's get as many in as we can. Tomorrow we'll be out at Cavens Group Friday at Riverwind Casino. Saturday pregame begins at 7 a.m. We'll be out at Boyd Street Ventures. And at Balfour of Norman with Jerry and the crew over there. Postgame at O'Connell's legendary Irish Pub and Grill. But let's see what people are saying on the Meyer Chevrolet line. I did see one. Is Hillbilly the K-Riff definition of yard bird? Yeah, I guess they're kind of the same, yeah. More or less. Yeah, yeah. Dear Greek Sooner says, Mule
1: Shoe is a textbook gaslighter, as he denies what his team's fans clearly see on a regular basis. I love how he has spent the entire week skirting around the exact words, we're close, but
0: everything he's said has been more or less the sentiment, we're close. He could definitely go into politics, right? Because, I mean, oh you gosh, just lie your ass off in politics, <laughs> you know, and you become a bigger success. All you have to all right, what do we need to do? Okay, say anything to the base. Say anything we need to do to just get them to the voting booth. Okay, keep lying. I can do that. Politics, the worst. Anybody, I, you know what? I've also successfully muted just about, I think, I rarely get political tweets anymore. See them? I think I've muted just about everybody I need to mute there. Because I just don't like seeing him. It's too negative. It's too much BS. Mark
1: it says he's always just one play away, <laughs> bleeping mule shoe. You know that's. There's a few more, few more plays than one mm-hmm. away from a win on Saturday night. True. True. Drew from Plymouth says, "Can someone do a Boomhauer voice over Jimbo <laughs> Fisher?" <laughs>
0: LaDonna from Lubbock, I'm here for it, Steely. LaDonna from Lubbock is just here for Taco Tech and USC slander. You know, here is the deal with LaDonna from Lubbock. She's like a Sooner agent uh, out in Lubbock. She has no love for Lubbock. She's been planted there by the Sooner Nation as a female spy, kind of like our Elizabeth Keen from uh, The Blacklist, right, or Carrie Russell's character in The Americans. She's just spying for OU and the good people of the world against those sand aggies out in Lubbock. Right?
1: LaDonna is working for us. You need to get her a relocation fund.
0: Don't tell anybody. Yes, exactly. A listener in the 813 says, Steely, you were a Lambda? I was back in the day, yes, way back in the day. I mean, we are talking early, mid-80s. I mean, a long time ago in a Sooner Galaxy very far away. The campus looked, it's much more beautiful than when I was on campus. I'll I just tell, tell you, you so that.
1: I was out walking around campus this morning uh, with my brother-in-law because he's a sophomore in high school and interested in pursuing a career in meteorology. So... What better place to do that than the University of Oklahoma? Yeah, absolutely. He's in town. They're passing through for a volleyball tournament. And so we were out there walking around campus. Steely, I've only been out of school for, I mean, shoot. In all technicality, I've only been out of school for a year and a half. I got done with undergrad three years ago. And campus already Mm -hmm. looks radically different from when I was there. Yeah. Adams Tower is gone. I know. It's gone, gone. I walked over there, and it was like, whoa, okay, there really is nothing there.
0: What was your staple meal staple at during your stay at OU? Mm, mm,
1: okay, so when I was a freshman, Kate Restaurants was still open. See, so you had really they, good
0: student union options. Yeah, you then know, they closed
1: we Kate my sophomore year and moved the whole staff over to the Cross Restaurants. They reopened Kate my junior year. It's closed now. Now it's the OU Food Pantry. Mm -hmm. But Kate, that was the hangout for me and my college buddies. Kate or the student union because that was, at the time, the only place on campus that was open 24 hours. So if it got later than 10, 11 p.m. and we were still up hanging around, then we would head down to the student union, shoot some pool, Eat chicken and waffle sandwiches. Those were the days, man. Oh, to have my freshman year of college Our
0: staple, we only have a minute left. Our staple, there was one particular place that got 90% of our food money. Oh, boy. Can you guess? Tell me it wasn't Sonic. No, 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 no. This one was delivered. Delivered? All the time. And this is the early 80s? Initials P.S.
1: Okay, well, there you go. Pizza That's,
0: Shuttle. Yeah. I mean, literally. Dead giveaway. That was like 90% of the meals. Like, even at the Lambda Chi house when they had, you know, a regular meal there, I usually we went for the Pizza Shuttle. I mean, I think we grew Pizza Shuttle to its current status as a Norman juggernaut. Every meal, just about pizza shuttle what do you want to do shuttle oh yeah let's go those were the days back then all right 405-651-3439 405-651-3439 on the knippelmeyer chevrolet text line thanks to lasher home comfort systems for sponsoring our first hour a lot more sooner football and some recruiting mixed in on the way keep it right here on the ref Yes, we are here to talk for another hour, folks. Welcome in and uh, thank you to Oklahoma Generator for uh, sponsoring our second hour here on Steelman and Thune, the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Oklahoma Generator, great reputation, tremendous reputation for great customer service. They are the uh, highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer in the state currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Check them out online at okgen.com, that's okgen.com or you can call them up at 405-321-6631 Oklahoma Generator. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I got a message the other night asking me, can you guys talk about you've talked about surprises and big storylines? you know, in a positive way for the season. What are some crazy or negative things that you would look at from the first six games? Crazy or negative things? Well, the fact that Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck haven't been a factor, and I know we've talked about they've been injured, they clearly are not, haven't been 100%. Um, you know, and they got behind, obviously, in in fall workouts. But just that, you know, they just haven't been a factor so far. That would be one, because I think they're both really good running backs. The other one would be uh, punting. The punting has not been good. What else is something that has been now? Clearly, Andrew Anthony's injury uh, would be another one. But why do you want to know about negatives? Can you go through some negative? He wants us to complain about things. Yeah, can you tell us what sucks? And this is an OU fan. I know this person, but can you talk about the? So we've got running backs, um, punting, and Andrew Anthony's injury. What else? I mean,
1: that's pretty much it. Like. I am not going to sit here and go through this thing with a fine-toothed comb trying to f- find flaws in this Oklahoma football team because, for the most part, they have been excellent. And, yes, admittedly, punting could be better. Andre Anthony's injury hurts. The shuffling of the deck within the offensive line right now could very well cause some problems And the backfield Mm -hmm. situation is weird
0: run game run game blocking it's gotten better but you've had to really involve dylan gabriel and a lot of that and look that's that's part of jeff levy's offense i get it we didn't see quite as much a year ago because they're thinking we can't get this guy hurt ever again right at least that that last season so somebody in the 405
1: said plaster the disaster Mark Firmino says, I'm behind Gabriel now, but missed, overthrown passes were tough. Emphasis on mm-hmm.
0: were. Yeah, yeah. It's Look, he's missed some, but, you know, I, I think he uh, he's had a really good year, and that drive against Texas certainly changed everything. You know, we talked about this earlier, and here's where I'm at, Parker, and I think Sooner fans are super excited, and they should be. You take down Texas anytime, that's great. You're clearly a big favorite the rest of the way a uh, really good chance you you can run the table and that you're going to be playing the Big 12 championship game. But, you know, I've heard a little bit of, you know, this, it's kind of this attitude like this is the the 85 of the 2000 team, and maybe it will be. Now, that 85 team, you know, was defense still, you, you talk about proven commodities, you know, guys who would go on to be NFL playmakers with Boz. His career cut short with a shoulder injury, but Ricky Dixon and Tony Casillas and, you know, even some players who didn't go on and play much in the league that were really good college players, Kevin Murphy and, you know, uh, Troy Johnson and Paul Milianzo and Dante Jones and Sonny Brown and David Vickers, you know, all those guys, and I'm leaving out some because of my old man memory, but were really good players. This team still has flaws. They're good on defense. They've gotten a lot better. They still, you know, you look at where they are overall, total defense, they're 52. Rush defense, they're 28. Scoring defense, they're seventh, okay? We talked about what does that mean? It means they've been great in the red zone. It means, you know, when teams are in that, Scoring area, the red zone, they buckled up and made plays. I mean, clearly the goal line stand. They've been great in that area. They've been, you know, they've been good at the right times. And, again, I think it, clearly you can see they're better at tackling, they're better at their assignments. Uh, you know what I love seeing, Parker, as much as anything what on What do you defense? love seeing? If every cornerback could freaking tackle like Gentry Williams. Gentry Williams is a bad dude. On those dude. flanker screens, how many times did we see – Either first play of the Russell Athletic Bowl, right, pretty much, or just a toss-out to a receiver in, in the flat.
1: See, Steely, we were having a good time, and then you went and mentioned the Russell Athletic I Bowl. know, but y- now, now you are about to drag the tone of this show down.
0: Gentry Williams makes that tackle, though, right? So many times we see a guy make a guy miss, maybe another arm tackle. Um, you know, there were uh, a lot of those. But I get cornerbacks that can continue to cover and tackle like Gentry Williams. I know those are hard to find, though. But how many corners do you see? You know, like I said, um, to me, it's all about they're just tougher and they're more physical and they have a different culture. The flaws are, again, that I don't think they're a great football team, but I'm not sure we have one here in college football this year. I think they're good enough to go to the playoff, and if they continue to get better,
1: who knows, Who knows at that point, right? right? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, to the text line, a listener in the 405 says, I haven't seen one analyst across the country pick OU to win the Big 12. Everyone is still on Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I not a whole lot you can do about that other than stay the course and trust that at a certain point what you're doing in Norman, Oklahoma, is going to be undeniable yeah. to the rest of the country. A listener in the 405 wants to know what happened to Justin Harrington is he out for the season? Yes, he is. Uh, if you missed it, this is probably, I think, two, three weeks ago that Venables announced it. Justin Harrington has undergone season-ending knee surgery. so
0: You would expect him to come back, right?
1: He is filing for a waiver mm-hmm. to be granted a seventh year of eligibility and return to the program in 2024. That is expected to be granted to him.
0: Then the big question becomes... Danny Stutzman Uh in the offseason.
1: There are a lot of big questions to be answered in the offseason. KW918 says, Negatives, 11 a.m. kickoffs, and kicking for chicken. (laughs)
0: There you go. I like that. That's well done. Yeah, and somebody's asking, What are the flaws, Steely? I guess what I'm trying to say here is, again, this team is much improved. They are a good football team. You can tell there's great chemistry there. They're bought in because, again, they had to, you know, they had to really well i can't use that phrase they really had to the goal line stand and that drive you know what they had to do and they did it and that's the mark of a good team but i'm just saying they they still have to go out and play good solid football you know to win there are some teams that are just so dominant you know they can bring their c minus game and still go beat somebody but the, the exciting thing, I think, for Sooner fans, and I believe this, that Oklahoma still hasn't played their best yet. And that's all the nonsense about, oh, Texas, D-minus game. They just were horrible. Guess what? It's not like Oklahoma played their best game either. So, And I would think with what's going on over there in that facility every day and on the practice field, unless they have some major injuries or something, more of them, they're going to get better. They're going to get better.
1: Okay, listen, on a different note, I have been a Dylan Gabriel apologist as long and as vehemently as anybody in this market. However, this is something we need to stop doing. The OU football social media accounts put out an edit earlier today, and it says, this is a direct quote. I'm going to read you what the graphic says. Dylan Gabriel is the only FBS player Over the last 25 years, two, complete at least 72% of his passes, throw for at least 16 touchdowns with no more than two interceptions, and rush for 200 yards and five touchdowns through the first six games. Can we please stop coming up with these bizarre parameters to try and underscore how great our players are? And this is not exclusive to Oklahoma. We see this all the time. Oh, yeah, this guy is the only player with... Three hundred passing yards, three hundred rushing yards, and uh punt return touchdown in night games in the month of September.
0: And finish four sets of curly fries at Arby's before eleven yeah, thirty like, at night or something. Yeah. Again,
1: we can we could we could legitimately make any player in the country look impressive if you manipulated the parameters enough. And if you cherry picked the statistics. So Please, my encouragement is let's stop with this. Let's just leave it at, okay, Dylan Gabriel is playing really good football. He's second in the Heisman odds. Mm. We don't have to come up with these very, very narrow and very specific categories to help highlight and underscore Dylan Gabriel's excellence thus far this season.
0: All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Let's get a <laughs> scary. Gary says we call those LeBron <laughs> stats in my family. That's
1: great. I'm going to start using that. Yes, oh, no more man. LeBron
0: stats, please. Loco Ohio's cracking me up too. He's punting like he's plastered. Sooner Coetzel says flaws, eleven a.m. kicks,
1: and Sonic slander. <laughs> How did the poll end up? Ooh, by I way? should check. I think I think the poll should be final. Poll. I think the, the poll. results poll should be out final. The poll. Okay, your Sonic approval rating. Oh, there's four minutes left. There's four minutes left in the four pool. Four
0: minutes!
1: We almost have 5,000 votes. Sonic Food has a 57% approval rating amongst the audience.
0: Hey, we so. can, can we bring uh, Chuck Todd or, well, Tim Russert's gone, but to say that the race is over.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we can call this race. Yeah, it's, you know, concession speech. The public speech. We does gonna,
0: favor Sonic. Are we coming back with your concession speech in the next segment? I will give my concession speech <laughs> to lead off the next segment. All right, let's take a that. break right here. Take a break right here. And thanks again to Oklahoma Generators 405. 6631 okgen.com online sponsoring our second hour Mike Steeley Parker Thune here on this Wednesday pregame 7 a.m. Saturday morning we'll be at Balfour. We'll be at Boyd Street Ventures. After the game we'll be at O'Connell's Irish Pub and Grill. We'll see you there be right back. All right as we age cataract surgery. it's a problem. Oftentimes, as you get older, if you're one of the olds, it's an inevitable step. It's not just about restoring your sight, though, It's about really keeping your quality of life. So when it's time for a cataract surgery, you have one big, crucial decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. And that choice is between a standard lens, which often still requires you to rely on uh, reading glasses afterwards, or a premium lens, considering... You know, great uh, options like panoptics, Vividy, or a light-adjustable lens. The leading choices can provide crystal-clear vision and freedom from glasses for you. So if you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They are the very best. All right, uh, Gus Malzahn talking about, he's got some familiarity uh, with Dylan Gabriel. And he was asked about what makes the Sooner quarterback So
3: good. Here's what he had to say. Gus, where are you? Talk to us, Gus. He's got an outstanding skill set. Um, You talk about a guy that, you know, when we had him every day in practice, he would make a throw that you'd go, wow. His accuracy. uh, You know, he's a veteran guy now, too. Think about all the snaps he's played. You can see when you're watching one film, he's got really good command. Uh, He knows when to throw the ball away. You know, he's got great courage. He'll wait to the last second and get the ball out. And then you you talk about the RPO world. You know, they're good at running the football, but he's also good at reading it. So, really, it's all the above with him.
0: There you go. Gus Malzahn talking about Dylan Gabriel. Uh, On the season, uh, completing uh, nearly 73% 73 of his passes, um, what is he at? TD-wise now, I think it's 16-2, and and then five rushing touchdowns. And, you know, his ability to take off and run with the RPO game, particularly in the Cotton Bowl, was just gigantic in that football game. So, gigantic. Sooner Coetzel says, uh, and I lost it here because
1: he's followed up with another text, people think DG is mid like Parker thinks Sonic is mid. (laughs) Sonic isn't even mid, at least not. But on that note, it is time for me to concede the race.
0: concession speech from Parker Thune. Folks,
1: I just want to say I'm proud of what we accomplished here in the last 24 hours. I promised to fight tooth and nail for all of you as long as there was a viable path to victory. But as of this afternoon, I must acknowledge that path to victory is foreclosed. We left it all out there. I want to thank each and every one of you across the great state of Oklahoma and displaced members of the K Ref Army worldwide. I promise you this though this marks the end of this campaign, the war is far from over. We will continue to stump for the truth and the deep seated values of all K Ref listeners who have seen the light, those who know that the various food offerings at Sonic Drive-In are barely fit for a dog. (laughs) This war will rage on, and I vow never to quit. God bless.
0: There it is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the concession speech from Parker Thune. It was a little bit closer than I thought it would be, though. See, I didn't know until my friend Doug told me that they were bought out. So any time a corporation gets involved, it's never good in any way. When's the last time there was a corporate takeover or somebody got sold to somebody else that it really turned out well. I'm sure there are some occasions, but I can't think of many. You know, the new guy comes in, yeah, we're just going to continue. By the way, you're all fired. That kind of deal. Loco Ohio says it was rigged. Somebody stopped the uh, we were turning away people at the polls, you know, is what we were doing. What I like I was expecting legitimately.
1: I was expecting that there would be some movement. That steely <laughs> <rigged that. laughs>
0: really Cole? He's upset with yeah. me. <laughs> Cole's real upset with you. Well, we did elect Ryan Walters here, so you never know what's oh, going to happen. Oh boy, now so, here's steely I'm getting sorry, political. I'm just saying, I just, you know, I'm just
1: saying. No, uh, it's uh, Man, I, I, I was expecting that there would be some legitimate movement one way or the other. I didn't know which way it was going to go. I figured you would start to see the the shift, the discrepancy, the lead start to move a little bit. But it was 57% when we got off the air yesterday mm-hmm. with something like 2,000 votes. We closed with somewhere around yeah. 5,000. It yeah, I mean, still the next 57%. Election,
0: you might win the next election. The next election cycle, you might win. I I got to plan this out better.
1: I got to make appearances. I got to appeal to the small town voters, the rural community. <laughs> Loco Ohio. Yeah, Loco Ohio is on one about Sonic. As are many. Justin in Newcastle says Parker should have to eat a supersonic cheeseburger as a part of losing the battle. <laughs>
0: I mean, I will say this. I'm not eating there very often. I mean, probably in the last year, maybe twice. Lost City Sooner says, if I owned a restaurant chain
1: and it had a 57% approval rate, I'd be worried. Again, there there was momentum built over the course of this campaign, if nothing else. I'm confident that in the next election cycle, if we hit the right talking points, we get on board with the right voters the right base, the right communities, we will prevail for the state of Oklahoma.
0: Here, Here is what uh, you need to do. The political playbook is just smear the other side with as many. I don't care if you're what side you're on. Just smear the other side with as many lies as humanly possible over the entire election cycle and then hope that you can scare your voters enough to get them out to vote. That's how it works these days. That's it. So, just make up something. And I'm talking about both sides here because I'm a complete independent because I don't like any politics at all. But that's what you do.
1: Lane in California says, great Tim Tebow-like soliloquy, Parker. Thank you, Lane. (laughs) I appreciate it. Chapstick says, you just can't go after an Oklahoma original. That ain't true. Sonic is not an Oklahoma original. Brahms is an Oklahoma original. Wait a minute,
0: original. Sonic is an Oklahoma original, I, Okay, yes. Yeah, right?
1: Okay, whatever. It started in Oklahoma, but they've been bought out.
0: They're corporate well, now. Well, okay, yes, you're right. That's right. Brahms. Tuttle, Oklahoma. You know what I did? Our I went to base. Brahms on the way home yesterday. I'm sure you did. Yeah, I was talking about crinkle cut fries. I wanted a cheeseburger and some crinkle cut, crinkle cut fries. And they were delish. Scary <laughs> Gary says...
1: Parker, say Sonic has rats, big ones.
0: <laughs> Refine your message, said somebody. That's got to be a political op there. No, so, man. Anyway. so Many lost jobs
1: out of OKC when Sonic was sold, says one listener.
0: We're back on the Look Sonic at that. deal now. So-
1: that, that's all you need to know right there, folks. The corporate sellouts at the top of the food chain for Sonic are at war with your local economy. They want to take jobs away from Oklahomans.
0: So I was watching, um, before Shay and I watched uh, Blacklist last night, um, she was working late in her job, in her office. So I decided, you know what? The other day I started this documentary, Big Vape, like the rise and fall of Jewel J-U-U-L, those little vape pens. And it was the classic story. Two Stanford geniuses, we gotta figure out a way that we can get, make people quit smoking and we can, they don't have to burn the tobacco leaf, they just, you know, they just turn it into vapor. And they, all the tar and all the really bad stuff, they don't have to deal with. So they invent it, it starts taking off eventually. And then they find out, well, we got to rush it out here quick. Then these teens get addicted to the jewel. And then eventually they're taken <laughs> over by Big Tobacco. The very people that they were trying to put out of business ended up in their business running the company. That's how America works, right there, right? We'll never sell out to those guys ever. Have you seen our mission? Big Tobacco's offering how much? Okay, let's sign the deal. Sounds very mule shoe esque. It does, doesn't it? And I think they they talked to Big Tobacco, and their decision was made very early on a Sunday morning, uh, within two hours. Right. Decided to take a nap. Had to sleep on it. So I heard Gunny was addicted to jewels. A form of yeah, I think so. So uh, so anyway, all right, 405-651. You know what? We can lose control of this show very easily, can't we? It's just like the morning Gosh, I was listening we'd, to Toby. We'd really
1: lose control of this show if I read some of these <laughs> texts that have flown in.
0: So they they take our jobs. The uh, It's like the morning I heard two hours of T. and T. J. talking about, is it coupons, coupons, or coupons, or coupons, or coupons? And that went on for a couple hours. That's when we've lost control. Can we steer it back on track? I don't know. I don't know. All right, 405-651-3439. Chevrolet text line uh, here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Let's take a quick break. Talking more Sooner football. Jump into some recruiting as well. We'll do that next here on the Ref. All right! Don't forget, we do have the Gin Blossoms in concert coming up Sunday at Beats and Bites 2023, the last Beats and Bites show of the season with Tonic. That'll be awesome on the uh, Coupeville Works Beats and Bites stage coming up this Sunday. Get your tickets online at Riverwind.com. Tickets for Beats and Bites shows are only ten bucks. Kids under ten get in free. And again, you've got all the best local food trucks. Great craft beer from Coop Ale Works. They're the best. Games for the kids. uh, Outdoor concert. Bring your lawn chairs, folding chairs, whatever you want to call them, chairs, outdoors, and see the gin blossoms and tonic happening this Sunday night, Beats and Bites 2023. Last show of the season. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Also, don't forget to get out and play today with your wild card, and every day with your wild card, but particularly Monday and Tuesday if you can get out there and get the extra entries for the weekend drawings. We're doing Friday night drawings for the Friday night frights promotion. So a lot of these are on Saturdays, and they'll have another one coming up Saturday, October 28th. That is the 20K Festival of Fright Drawing. Uh, That one's coming up on the 28th. They'll also have a costume costume uh, contest, uh, ghostly good time costume contest, again, where you can win cash and prizes at at Riverwind on that date. But uh, two more Friday nights. Get out there. Hopefully hear your name called in the 80K Friday night. Frights promotional drawing out at Riverwind and Casino. Um, what do we have happening? Anything happening college football-wise tonight? Florida International at Sam Houston State. Nope. New Mexico State at UTEP. Nope. You're not watching New Mexico State and UTEP? No, 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 the no. The Battle no, of I-10? No, I, I don't think so. I will watch tomorrow night when Rice plays Tulsa on ESPN2. Really? You'll watch I, that? I not... mean, I'll have it on the phone, like, you know, and watch parts of it. Tulsa's 3-3. Three and three. Tough loss to FAU last week. Uh, think about Tulsa's losses. OU, Washington, Florida Atlantic. wonder if Howard Schnellenberg, if they ever built that obelisk, they'll rise from four or 400 foot above those mountains. <clears throat> Not a practice. And the uh, obelisk will be uh, in the form of honoring our first father, George Washington. Howard's first press conference as the coach. And people are going, what is this dude talking about? <laughs> that, that was the best year of comic relief ever. Ever. But it, it still sucked. But it, at least the comic relief. What if was we the- had had a year of comic relief in between Mule Shoe and BV? Who would you have wanted it to be? I don't know that there's anybody who can touch Howard, though. See, Howard, again, when you throw the booze in there, When you throw the clip-on suspenders in there, when you throw the gruff, you know, and uh, not being able to remember who they are playing. or, You know, uh, and just the gruff-sounding voice. If you've got a boring coach who gives you no comic relief and you have a horrible season, then it's just a horrible season. But at least there were a lot of laughable moments with Howard back in the day. If I can ever go back in a time machine, I might just go back to that year just to experience it one more time. As painful as it was just to see. Yep. That I mean, really they went did what, five,
1: five and one?
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: So I mean, like that Is that painful?
0: Uh yeah, for Oklahoma fans, yes. And there was a belief that Howard Schnellenberger's coming aboard. You know, this is good. Oh my gosh, Howard Schnellenberger's here. And he's a buffoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the words of Larry Mack, and those in the know lo- know who Larry Mack is, when he was called by a fellow by the name of Al Oh, so what's your thoughts on Schnellenberger? One word answer. Buffoon. And that was it. <laughs> so good. So good. See, I just want to go back and hear that phone call, too. All right, let's go. Was that that an aired phone call? It wasn't an aired phone call. Okay, I was about to say. But uh, I remember Al telling that story. Uh, By the way, we do have uh, Thursday night NFL tomorrow, Jacksonville, New Orleans. Mm, That's another (sighs) snooze fest. Gee, OU softball battle series tonight. Now, if you want to watch winners and the best at what they do, The Battle Series tonight, ESPN Plus, sold out. Those ladies are legends. Absolute legends. Okay, 405-651-3439. Did I have a clip I was going to play? I have no recollection. Okay, good. We played it, I think, in the last segment. Um, So she said, don't forget Mrs. Schnellenberger with the leather pants. Man, there are all kinds. And you heard so many stories around time, like, well, Harold's was a famous clothing store on Campus Corner. Legendary. I mean, and the word was that the missus walked in there and just picked out a bunch of clothes and walked out with them. <laughs> just decided, well, I'm the OU football coach's wife, so hey, see you guys. Thank you. you know? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, there were stories like that all over town. So she was clearly cut from the same cloth as old Howard himself. I maybe they had that deal in Louisville, maybe they had that deal at Miami when they beat the Nebraska triplets. Maybe they had that deal when Howard coached the Baltimore Colts for like a season or two, didn't he, in the NFL? I know he did. But they just decided, yeah, you know what? I have you ever tried that? It doesn't work, I don't think just to go get all the clothes you want and then walk out the door. Usually there's an alarm that goes off and you wind up uh, in a jail or penitentiary. But I think they just said, uh, you actually can't take those. (laughs) So in
1: response to my question about who would have been a good year of comic relief between Muleshoe and BV, the, the consensus on the text line is Ed Orgeron. He was you but- imagine eto the head coach at
0: oklahoma oh <laughs> uh, anything sounds funnier when you say it with a cajun accent too right it's kind of like you automatically sound hillbillyish uh with a cajun accent because they are in louisiana for the most part it's kind of like if you have a british accent you sound more erudite you sound smarter correct
1: you just sounded way smarter by virtue of using the word erudite, Steely.
0: I've got what they call a vocabulary. Hmm. Not quite yours, but, you know. No, but you know what I mean? But Ed Orgeron, everything he said was more comical. Howard, because, again, of the deep, you know, losing a screen of all, I might be intoxicated, you know, <laughs> that kind of deal. So it's it's all in the delivery is how it happens. Gosh, Edo
1: would have had a heck of a time up and down Lindsay Street.
0: LaDonna's checking in from Lubbock. Get on the bat phone, our uh, our Sooner spy out there. She says, I'm almost to Norman, coming for the battle series in the football game. There you go. She also said, painful? It was brutal, watching Switzer resign and then live through that decade of suck. It was terrible. (laughs) Did they have a documentary called Decade of Suck that they play for recruits? Probably not. Were they, uh,
1: refresh my memory, Mm -hmm. because Schnellenberger was in between Gibbs and Blake.
0: That's right. How bad had things gotten under Gibbs? Well, here's the deal on Gary Gibbs. I will say this to my grave. I believe Gary Gibbs was a good football coach. Very bright guy. Excellent defensive coordinator. He was in a very tough spot because the SI cover had come out. You know, Barry Switzer, forced to resign, David Swank, the whole nightmare. So Gibbs was in a very difficult spot. And he couldn't beat Colorado, Nebraska, or Texas enough. He had horrible luck against Texas. They lost so many close games against Texas, it it, it felt like a curse. But I think in normal circumstances, if Switzer had just retired, let's say, and, you know, Charles Thompson hadn't been in the orange jumpsuit on the SI cover and everybody would have thought man Oklahoma's the biggest outlaw school ever and they they kind of were. But the uh, I believe that Gary Gibbs would have would have been a really good head football coach. He was a he was a bright guy and uh, it was just bad timing. Now, Howard well past his prime, clearly uh John Blake was a great recruiter, super charismatic gregarious guy you you couldn't help but like john blake but i don't think he he was cut out to be the head football coach so but i'll always say i think gary gibbs again in a different situation would have done uh done very well somebody, very bright guy somebody from the
1: 806 says
0: okay already Schnelly is gone let him go there's always that guy there's always that guy Mm-hmm. It's been almost 30 years. Hey, you're not talking about what I want you to talk about, John. Is basically what he's saying. <laughs> Every text, though, is about this, so we kind of go with the flow. We're allowed to talk about OU football, past mm-hmm. and
1: present. You know this what is we need? the home
0: of Sooner fans. You know what we need, though? You know what we need is a football game to be played this weekend. That's what we need, right? And there is a football That's game right. to be played this That's weekend. That's right. There won't be as much... BS on the tax line. Parker started this. He's the one who called Sonic Corporation evil and uh, their food very very bad now that's a smear campaign right there
1: <laughs> if steely is going to engage in this type of malarkey might have to step my like game i said up that's enough.
0: what you do you lie about your opponent as much as possible on either side and then they, you can hope you can scare your people to the polls that's how it works
1: to close this segment which has been all over the place here's a great text from k w918 we thought things were bad under gibbs <laughs> Schnelli got there and said, hold my beer, literally and figuratively.
0: Yep, yep. That's pretty much it right there. Nailed it. All right, let's take a, a quick break right, right here, 405 651 It does feel like we need a football game to talk about. Um, this weekend, Ohio State, Penn State. Mm, let's see what happens in that one. It's going to be interesting. And we'll talk uh, a little bit about the Big 12 slate as well, Missouri needs to start losing. We know that. Stay with us. Coming right back here on the ref. All right, welcome back. One more segment. We're going to get locked in. Coming up at uh, two o'clock. Latest recruiting. Michael Boganowski tomorrow will commit to the University of Oklahoma. Going to happen? I think he said four thirty. Right? Whoa! Steely's calling it. Yeah. He's well, calling his yeah, shot. I mean, uh, you, you guys called it. Now I'm just taking credit for it. Sneaking in here at the last minute see if I can fool somebody into thinking I'm a recruiting expert or anything. But, yeah, that's happening tomorrow. Michael Boganowski expected to announce for Oklahoma. Uh, So this weekend you have the Sooners and uh, UCF on ABC. Penn State at Ohio State, 11 a.m. on Fox. Then I'm thinking about uh, 2.30 games. Uh, Tennessee at Alabama, 2.30 on CBS. Uh, you got Washington State at Oregon at 2.30 on ABC. South Carolina at Missouri, 2.30 on the SEC Network. Um, and then evening viewing, Utah at USC, 7 p.m. on Fox. Cameron Rising and Brent uh, Keithy, the tight end also, they were talking about the possibility of those guys even red-shirting now. So, and there was a story out a couple weeks ago when uh, – Cameron Risey was talking about the real severity of the injury where there were two issues with the knee, uh, saying, you know, I'm trying to get back, but, man, it's, it's been a long road, but I want to be out, back out there. So they were talking about those guys possibly redshirting. Now, I remember the surgeon they quoted said maybe they had talked initially about maybe the UCLA game. That was, that's been a long time ago. But maybe the USC game. But we haven't heard anything. It doesn't look like they're going to play, clearly. But Utah is just good enough, and Kyle Whittingham is a man. Neil Shoes a ninety eight pound weakling. So in most of those arm wrestling matches, the ninety eight pound weaklings team gets beat. So you think Utah are you favoring? You know what Utah? my lock
1: of the week is in the ref roll rumble? I saw it. Yeah. Utah plus six and a half. Does that mean I think Utah's going to win the game? No. But there is no safer bet in college football right now than
0: the spread in the USC game. I don't know. Just they're, bet they're, against USC to cover the spread. They are close out there. The best bets are pick Oklahoma to cover and USC to not cover. Straight up. That's it. It's as simple as it gets. That's been Teddy's strategy all year. And he's
1: dominating all of us.
0: I know. Teddy has come out, and this is like. Leicester City winning the Premier League. <laughs> Did he finish last each of the last two no, years? No, not last. Every... You know what? i got to put more time into this because what's going to happen is tomorrow and I'm going to go, oh, yeah, locks of the week. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, that looks good. Boom, boom. And then the next thing, I am. I should be relegated. If we had relegation. Are you bringing up the rear right I now? I am. Ugh. I mean, I got, I'm not too- I got beat on West Virginia-Houston, a bunch of BS like that. Clearly, you know, guys, we're close, but we're not making the plays. Of course, West Virginia scored with like 12 seconds left before that on a crazy play, too. But, you know. Okay, let's get some text in here to get out of here. Okay. To the text line, We people are
1: sending us photos. What are these photos? Okay, there's a photo. Mm-hmm. There's a <laughs> it's a photo of Ed Orgeron's oh, face geez. superimposed onto the OU logo. Thus, Orgeron's face is the O in OU. That's pretty good. Not bad. Would I have hated that? No, I wouldn't have. One year of Ed Orgeron before B V arrives on the scene. The content would have been fantastic.
0: You would have had to move the coach's show from Rudy's to some crawfish place, though, right? Or Sugar's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, was, it, was that a true story? Did we ever find out, was he really the one who was cruising around and hitting on the, was it like the chancellor's wife or something like that? I don't know whether
1: any of that has been indubitably confirmed. Mm-hmm. But would it make
0: sense? It would. What's an Ed Orgeron pickup line is what I want to know. How intelligible is the Ed Orgeron pickup line?
1: I have to figure he he spits out a pickup line. And, you know, whatever,
0: whatever jogger he's trying to hit on is probably like, what? Oh, man. What a piece of work. He fell into a great situation, though, man. That team. Was Herbie comparing the... Current Washington team to the 2019 LSU team? I hope
1: not, because Washington is a good team. They are not 2019 LSU. Nobody is 2019 LSU. By the
0: way, Desmond Howard, that was an intentional mispronunciation for clicks, wasn't
1: it? Okay, well, hang on, hang on. This is actually one of my pet peeves. When people go, well, this is just for click. Desmond Howard didn't want him to click on anything. It was just, well. What, yeah, he, what he was doing was he was being a Pat
0: McAfee wannabe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. If he he didn't was miss mimicking- it, He was kind of mispronouncing Michael Penix and saying Pen- Penix, but he was saying it quickly and saying that they needed to bring that big energy. And you know how it sounded.
1: Yeah. It's not that funny when Pat McAfee does it. It's immeasurably less funny.
0: It's lowbrow. When Desmond
1: Howard, someone who has made a career out of being serious mm-hmm. on TV, does it. I, if you're going to be an absolute clown on syndicated television, a la Pat McAfee, I I still dislike it. But hey, at least it's your brand. Yeah, like yeah. you're embracing it. Desmond Howard, just don't deviate from the status quo, please. We don't need more people trying to be Pat McAfee on television.
0: I'm with you. But like I said, we are moving closer and closer to the idiocracy because more people like that stuff than ever. And it's probably only going to get worse. Right? From a listener in the
1: 402, OU Twitter has ratioed the USC football account. You can only reply if USC follows you. I saw that. Yeah, when you because- turn the replies off, oh, man. That's a self-owned right there. When you got to turn the replies off to your tweets, it's a rough situation.
0: I mean, we are a
4: little
1: something, bit obsessed Something happened that you were There's a very- host
0: on the air that keeps beating this stuff into the ground, and I wish you'd just stop because now it's time. The culture shift has happened. We should move on. But I don't think we'll do that for a while. The OU fan base, I will say this, because somebody said, is the OU fan base the worst? No, LSU's the worst. Texas Tech's the worst. But I'll tell you what the OU fan base will do. They will stick up for their program, and they will fight you tooth and nail. You better bring a very strong weapon to that fight. Because if you uh, come after the Sooner, the OU football monster, wound the monster, they're coming back at you big time. Steely, we laughed the idiocracy years ago. I agree. I see no hope in sight. None. Okay. want to thank Oklahoma Generator. Thank you very much. Online, okgen.com, okay, 405-321-6631. Thank you for sponsoring hour number two. Let's get locked in up next. Have a great Wednesday.